And a warm-hearted good morning. Welcome to Brunpunt this morning, where we tackle contentious issues that affect our Christian world. The topic for discussion, the Pepuda Act or Equality Act. Now, the following article appeared on gatewaynews.co.za, a Christian online website, and heralds the following heading, and I quote them, Pepuda Amendment Bill and its potentially detrimental and far-reaching implications for religious freedom in South Africa, if passed into law in its current form. Now, PAPUDA is the acronym for the Promotion of Equality and Prevention of Unfair Discrimination Act, and is otherwise known as the Equality Act. It was passed into law in 2000, to give teeth to Section 9 of the South African Constitution, which prohibits unfair discrimination, including hate speech, on a wide range of categories. Papuda ranks second only to the Constitution and is the preeminent piece of South African legislation. All other legislation and regulation passed by the state must be compliant with its provisions. Having carefully reviewed this proposed amending legislation, 4SA, known as Freedom of Religion South Africa, is in no doubt that it dramatically expands the scope and reach of the original act. It therefore represents most substantive threats to religious freedom specifically and to freedom generally that we have faced since South Africa became a democracy in 1994. 4SA says their concerns have been exacerbated by the Department of Justice refusal to grant a general extension to 12 May 2021 deadline because, and I quote them, the department needs to deal with this matter urgently. Although they have agreed to accept the written submissions and this until the 30th of June 2021. Why is this matter so urgent? Ask 4SA. And why the haste to push it forward? It is worth noting that although the Constitution does not establish a hierarchy of rights, and all human rights are therefore equally worthy of protection, it is often people who express and live religion or conservative values who find themselves in the crosshair of this law. Papuda is frequently used by activists who orchestrate and lodge unfair discrimination claims with Chapter 9 institutions such as the South African Human Rights Commission and the Commission for Gender Equality and press these state institutions to litigate on their behalf using the taxpayers' money. One of Freedom of Religion essays many concerns about the Pepuda Amendment Bill is specifically Clause 6, which state that legal aid can be granted to persons who wish to institute proceedings in terms of this Act. This will certainly exacerbate this problematic situation, which is already biased and discriminatory, since those who are litigated against have no option but to pay the often massive costs for their own legal defense. Given that the existing Act gives significant and substantial protection against all forms of unfair discrimination, 4SA is challenging why this bill has been introduced at all. 
According to 4SA, this bill clearly has radical implications for our religious rights in South Africa and that we as Christians must oppose it. 4SA therefore calls upon every individual and every denomination, church and other faith organizations to make their voices heard on this bill by making submissions to the Department of Justice and that before the 30th of June 2021. Although the deadline of submission on the bill was May 12th, 2021. So don't stray or go away as Brunkman spoke to the CEO for 4SA, Michael Swain, about this proposed bill and the effects it will have, especially for Christianity in South Africa. We'll be back right after this. Well, as promised, I have the CEO for Freedom of Religion SA online, Mr. Michael Swain. Michael, good day to you. Just in a nutshell, your involvement with 4SA and your background, please. I am the Executive Director of Freedom of Religion South Africa, known as 4SA, and my background briefly is that I have been in South Africa since 1983. I studied law in the UK before that. I've been involved in the church world as one of the founders of the His People Every Nation movement, and I've also been involved in business, so I have a mixed bag in my background. Well, wonderful to have you in South Africa sharing your expertise and an outspoken Christian at that. Uh, so thank you so much for sharing your time with us this morning. Michael, the Papuda Act is uh, what we want to find out more about. And the acronym, I believe, it's the Promotion of Equality and Prevention of Unfair Discrimination, otherwise known as the Equality Act. But what does that mean in layman's terms? What does it mean to the man in the street? Well, basically, the Equality Act was passed to give effect and to give, in a sense, teeth to the Section 9 of the Constitution, which is the Equality Clause, which is basically your right to enjoy equality before the law and equal enjoyment of rights and freedoms and not to be unfairly discriminated against by either the state or other people, for that matter, on the basis of your human dignity. And also it includes a prohibition of hate speech. So... That was the purpose of the act. It was to basically give Section 9 of the Constitution, which has a number of protected categories, so to speak, uh, age, religion, conscious belief, of course, sex, gender, sexual orientation, language, culture. These are all categories that are protected. And I think very importantly, it is the second piece of legislation after the Constitution. So, in other words, all other laws, all other uh, acts of parliament, policies, what have you, have to be compliant with and go through the lens of Papuda, otherwise known as the Equality Act. So it is a very important, probably the preeminent piece of legislation in South Africa. Why, in your understanding, I believe there's certain concerns on behalf of 4SA South Africa about the amendments to this Equality Act. You felt that in its original state it was quite all right. Why the amendments and, and what am- amendments are we talking about? Well, typically when you hear about, you know, unfair discrimination and equality, you think it's a good thing. I mean, of course it's a good thing. Nobody will put up their hand to say that they approve of unfair discrimination or that they think that inequality is a good thing. But the problem comes, of course, when you start to define what do you actually mean by equality? What do you actually mean by discrimination? Because, of course, depending upon the definition of those things and what's included in them, comes whether or not this is a good thing that promotes freedom for all, or is it actually ending up with results which are particularly in terms of people of faith, people of conservative values, not equal, because 
if you have those conservative or, let's say, religious views, then you are much more likely to fall foul of the Puda and therefore open yourself up to litigation, sometimes from the South African Human Rights Commission or the Commission for Gender Equality or some other government institution, or alternatively from uh, individuals, often activists, who obviously want to uh, set legal precedents and to make sure that people who have these views are effectively silenced, because in many instances, people are increasingly too scared to speak out and to share or to live out what they believe and what they uh, think is important to them in life. And I believe I believe this is all done with taxpayers' money. Uh, should uh, some activist or, or somebody orchestrate or, or lodge an unfair discrimination claim, uh, uh, that will be done with taxpayers' money? Well, that is what this Papuda Amendment Bill actually says is one of the things that it says. I mean, we have multiple concerns, but that is one of them. So Clause 5 basically says that legal aid can be granted to persons who wish to institute proceedings in terms of this act. Now, that literally means that taxpayers' money will be used to fund their lawsuit against you. You, on the other hand, don't have access to state funding to defend yourself. You will have to defend yourself legally, and you will find that to be, I would say, in most people's instances, prohibitively expensive. And also the sanctions that can be imposed against you. I mean, we're dealing with a case under the existing Papuda, in other words, without these amendments, yeah. where the people who are complaining against them uh, are asking for two million rands worth of damages. And that doesn't include their lawsuit costs that they now have to defend, which is probably now heading towards a million plus. Wow. So it, 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 is, it is very expensive. And of course, activists are very excited by this. I, I was reading an article by a professor of constitutional law who is also a prominent LGBT activist. And, you know, he was speaking about how uh, this is a very good thing because it will not allow people of religious convictions to escape, this is the question, to escape censure for their outrageous and harmful views merely because they are couched in religious terms. And, you know, when you start seeing the almost antagonism behind those words, yeah. you could be quite sure that if there's an opportunity to get state funding to litigate then that will be something which we will see increasingly. Which it can also be drawn out over a number of years, uh, draining you financially. You won't be able to, to, to keep it up, isn't it? Well, exactly. I mean, you know, if, if you ever take a, court, a case to the constitutional court, which is ultimately where some of these things would potentially go, you, you're literally talking, could be upwards of five, seven million rand. I mean, how many people, how many church organizations have got that type of money yeah. to spend on lawsuits. It, it, it's ridiculous. And so what tends to happen and what they are, in a sense, counting on is that you cave early and then a precedent gets set. And of course, once a legal precedent gets set for one, it applies to all. In other words, that now becomes part of our law in this country. All right. So that's been one of the concerns. You talk about substantive threats to religious freedom specifically. Would you care to highlight others? Well, let me give you an example, perhaps, of how it expands the definition of discrimination. It makes discrimination utterly subjective. You know, formerly it was discrimination, and there were specific grounds for that. And the problem is that they've now included in the definition of discrimination causing somebody prejudice or otherwise undermining their dignity. Now, what does that mean exactly? It is so subjective to say, well, I've been prejudiced or I feel that my dignity has been undermined. And once you can show that it has, once you have 
shown that you have been discriminated against, and that's all you have to do, it's a very, very wide net and a very low bar, then the Act itself then says that that discrimination is then deemed to be unfair. In other words, discrimination is in that sense automatically unfair. And now you have to prove that what you did or what you said was in fact fair. So the burden of proof falls on you. You are literally guilty until you prove yourself innocent. So that is problematic because when you come to the second test, which is the test of fairness under the Act, the test of fairness basically takes into account whether you are from a particularly previously disadvantaged group, um, whether or not your uh, dignity is, has, has been uh, undermined in the past. So once you're in that net, to then say, well, I made this comment or I did this act because it's based upon my sincerely held religious beliefs or convictions, that's not going to cut the mustard. That's not going to be your, your get-out-of-jail card, literally. Yeah. Um, and so it's so hard to prove once you've been accused of unfair discrimination, which is basically discrimination in the widest possible sense, subjective sense, to get out of that, very, very, very difficult indeed. Something very noteworthy and of interest is the fact when you approach the, the Department of Justice, its refusal to grant a general extension. Uh, I mean, the deadline was for the, May the 12th, 2021, and it's now been extended to, I believe, the 30th of June. What do you think? What's the real reasons behind this for this refusal? Well, it's very hard to tell. I mean, again, Government did what government have done in the past, whether intentionally or unintentionally. I don't want to ascribe poor motives, but they brought this bill in and opened it up for comment right before the Easter weekend, right before the Ramadan season. And as a consequence, most people didn't pick it up. And they only allowed 30 days for comment, 30 days, 30 working days for comment. Now, this bill will literally transform the social, the uh, certainly faith landscape of South Africa. And the fact that they weren't willing to just grant a general extension was extraordinary. And the reason they gave for that was that they have to deal with this matter urgently. And our question is, well, why is it so urgent? I mean, Papuda is in place. There are other laws in place that basically deal extremely effectively with unfair discrimination and the protection of equality. So why is this so urgent? It is is very concerning the haste within which the government is pushing this agenda forward. Hence your call for uh, individuals, denominations, churches, organizations of faith in South Africa. What, what can we do now? I mean, it's an extension to the 30th of May. That's uh, the 30th of June. Apologies. That's literally around the corner. What can we do now as Christians on, on, on grassroots level? Well, we, we have to push back. We, we absolutely have to push back. And the only way, and we've discovered this in the past, and this is an effective way, the only way that we can actually push back is by making sure that our voice is heard. And so to get in submissions is important. Let me give you a, for instance, you may recall that the uh, couple of years back, we had the uh, hate crimes and hate speech bill yeah. that was on the table. And we again pointed out that this would make literally just about anything that you would say from the pulpit to be potentially a criminally liable act or, or, or word. And you would face a three-year jail sentence. They received over 60,000 submissions saying, no, we must have protection. And in the next drafting, protection was included. There was a specific clause included which protected bona fide religious preaching, teaching, sharing, obviously that didn't amount to hate speech. 
But in this instance, of course, what we need to do is we need to also push for, for submissions, because if we get enough, we will be able to show legitimately that there are people, the people, are not in favor of this. So we want to encourage every single person, individual, not just churches, not just pastors, send your submissions in. We have a site, and I want to send it to you. Um, we're working with an organization that's very well respected uh, in South Africa uh, because they have a platform which makes it super easy to do this. It's called Dear South Africa. And if you type in Dear South Africa, all one word, .co.za forward slash equality, you will get a page which you'll see have got all our videos on it. It's got all the reasons why we're concerned about it. And you can literally, within a few clicks, uh, you can send in your submission. And your voice does count, by the way. Even if you're an individual, it does count. So we want to encourage everybody, go to the dearsouthafrica.co.za forward slash equality page and make your voice heard. Click and send it in, because yeah. the more we get in, it's a numbers game. Government must get a very, very clear message. You know, uh, for instance, we to give you the, the flip side, we contested for religious freedom rights for state marriage officers, because the Civil Union Amendment Bill was basically removing their rights for conscientious objection. Yeah. And when it came down to it, in the final meeting in the committee, they revealed how many people had said that those rights should be preserved, and how many had said they shouldn't. And unfortunately, the Christian faith community, hardly anybody had taken the trouble to put in a submission. But on the other side, uh, the other interest groups had literally piles of submissions. Wow. And so the answer in Parliament was the people have spoken, and religious marriage officers uh, are still protected, but state marriage officers, now within a period of time, will be compelled to solemnize all marriages, whether or not it conflicts with their sincerely held conscience and belief. So if we don't speak up, we will live in a society which will be very, very different from the one that we're used to. Well, true to form, you have done the groundwork already. You have got a template, a submission a template ready. Uh, would you care to tell us where that can be downloaded uh, to be completed? And, and is that where we can uh, send that to, dear South Africa? Or just tell us about the template uh, as well, the template submission? Well, you, you can get a template from the www.forsa.org.za website, but for organizations, uh, that might be good because the ones for organizations, they might want to be a little bit more elaborate in terms of what they are concerning about. But for, I think, individuals and even pastors and perhaps even smaller churches, the dearsouthafrica.co.za forward slash equality site is, is very, very easy to use. It's simple. It's pretty intuitive. You literally just click a few buttons, hit send, and your submission will then be registered and logged, which is very important because we need to also be able to show at some point, let's supposing we do achieve tens of thousands of submissions and government starts to press forward with this, regardless, then we have a very, very strong uh, legal basis to challenge this because we can show that people have actually used the democratic process to say no. So that's what we want to do. We want this thing off the table. We don't believe it's necessary. We don't believe it's constitutional. But very importantly, when an act of parliament is passed, when the president signs it, it is law from the moment that it is passed. It's not like a legal decision which you can appeal. Once it's done, it's done. And we have seen with the computer in its existing form that 
for example, their definition of hate speech that was put into law in the year 2000, that is 21 years ago, is still being contested. The Supreme Court of Appeal has, has said that it is unconstitutional. The Constitutional Court heard it a few months ago. We haven't had their judgment yet. But let's supposing that they agree with the Supreme Court and they declare that to be unconstitutional, the definition that's in that Act of Parliament, yeah. the one we're talking about now, that means that it's been enforced for 21 years, yet it was unconstitutional. So once yeah. we have a law passed, we're stuck with that law. It only can be overturned by another law. Yeah. So we have to be very, very clear that we need, while we have the opportunity, to push back. I sense a definite sense of urgency in your appeal, in your call. If that law is passed, what do you think? What does the future hold for Christianity, for religious organizations, for Christians, South Africans in general, if that amendment goes through for the future? Well, I mean, in, in, a, in a nutshell, your right to religious autonomy as a, as, as a church, as an organization, that will be taken away because the government will then pass regulations and codes of practice, which it's entitled to do uh, under this Papuda Amendment Bill, which will basically say that you must basically promote their view of equality. And that view of equality, by the way, is also extended um, it, it, it includes, for example, equal rights and access to resources, opportunities, benefits and advantages. So you would not be able, for example, to decide who or who not you have, you have as a member of your church, who or who you do not employ in your church, who or who you do not have as a leader in your church. So your religious autonomy would basically be taken away from you. There would be no uh, place anymore for faith-based schools, for example, schools with a Christian ethos or uh, an Islamic ethos or any other ethos. And you will, as, as we say, be policed by activists. And so it, it is, we see the most serious erosion of religious freedom rights that we have yet encountered. It literally amounts to thought control, behavioral control. It, it, it is truly egregious. And we say that people should simply just say no and to push back and say, scrap this. We don't need it. It's unconstitutional. There's already adequate protection in law. And this is going way, way too far. Well, by the time that this program uh, will be aired, uh, there will only be 18 days left for those submissions. Michael, your final thought. 400,000 people listening to you. Your final thought, sir. Well, it's an interesting thought. So one of the clauses says that any person who causes, encourages or requests another person to discriminate against another person is deemed to have discriminated against such a person. So we've had a, this interview, you and I, and you've asked me questions and I've answered questions. Let's supposing this act is passed and somebody listens to it and they feel that somehow they've been prejudiced or that their dignity has been undermined, whether or not this was your intention or my intention, because intentionality under this new bill is irrelevant. It specifically says that. What that would mean would be that I would be liable for unfair discrimination and therefore sanctioned. So would you, because you asked the question. And so would Radio Pulpit, because they would be deemed potentially to have caused or encouraged. In other words, you provided the platform, your show, your station provided the platform. That gives you an indication of just how wide and how far this net can reach in terms of liability. So we need to understand this is not something where we can just sit on our hands and just hope that somebody else will do something about it. We must do something, because if we don't, we're going to live with the consequences, and so will our children. 
and this is our watch, and this is why it is so important that we stand up now. The writing is literally on the wall. Big thanks to Executive Director for Freedom of Religion South Africa, Mr. Michael Swain. Michael, thank you so much for chatting to us here at Brunpant. Thank you so much, Bernard. Thank you.